When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From Headstuff Studios in Dublin, welcome to Motherfuck Lore, a podcast about words, Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. I'm Dark O'Shea. I'm Emer Duffy. And our special guest today is Kosleen Nakiever. Kathleen, very welcome to the show. Thank you. For those of you who are unfamiliar, Kathleen runs the Unshuppa Lauer on Harcourt Street, which is a bookshop specialising in Irish books. My second favourite establishment in Harcourt Street. First being Coppers. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I can't compete with them. <laughs> so maybe if you've been dancing all night and maybe even getting a kiss in Coppers and maybe... I once went to Coppers and didn't get the shift. My ma took the piss out of me for a week. You always get the shift in the shop. Is that a guarantee? Yes. Oh, <laughs> class. It's the service we provide to all of our customers. There's a, there's a thought. Instead of like, you know, the, the free bookmark that yeah, comes yeah, in instead, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh no, sorry. Yeah, it's no. actually, it's included in the cost of the book. You so. have to buy 10 books and then you... We, oh my we, God, it's like a loyalty card stamp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's electronic. Oh. Mm, getting hot thinking about it. <laughs> I'm often asked where people can get good books in Irish and obviously the most logical place is yes, on Chapel Would you like to tell us more about what it is, what it does and what kind of stuff is going on lately? Sure. Um, so it initiated as a publishing house in 1904, whenever kind of at the crest of the revival before things got a bit more messy. And it was decided that there needed to be an imprint for pamphlets and books about the Irish revival, but also in kind of general Irish language culture. And it kept on publishing books, original books until like the early 70s. Um, some of the first inti poets published with us and then it transitioned into a shop. So now rather than publishing books, we provide a platform for all of the publishers who write in Irish or who provide materials for Irish learners. But we also do a lot of kind of Irish crafts. Like, for instance, we have what we call um, so people who are creating original things in Irish, whether it's like prints or cards or T-shirts or cups or notebooks. There's all sorts of really small kind of unique publishers out there who are mm. choosing to do their stuff through the medium of Irish. So we like to give them a platform too. Fantastic. It's good fun. Stuff. And so a lot of people think of Irish language stuff, they're thinking of stuff that might be in the school curriculum, but there's so much more to it. And a lot of people don't even get an idea of how much more there is until they step inside your wonderful doors. 
It is amazing. Like it's a small enough shop, but it's full to the brim with books. We're kind of we're overflowing a little bit at the moment. Um, Someone so, please come and buy the books. <laughs> I know they come the books, the poor books. They do. They thankfully there is a good turnaround, but um, there's so much being published and so much of it nowadays is at such high quality. And it's really a shame that they're not available. Well, it's good for us, but it's a shame mm-hmm. for Irish that they're not available in other bookshops. Like I've seen in my time in Dublin that the Irish section of a bookshop I won't name for for mm-hmm. caution's sake is just shrinking and shrinking all the time while the production of books in Irish is growing. So it's it's really important that they get a platform to recognise the really good work that the publishers are doing. Can you give us an idea of roughly, say, um, in 2017, how many new books, new new t- novels, hmm. poetry, books of poetry, things like that? Well, a ball, as they say in America, a ballpark, or as we say, like a... <laughs> Rough idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we've already had a few launches since beginning of 2018. We've got another four planned for the next month or so. Um, there's loads of books come out for kids. Uh, they would be the kind of the biggest market because they're attractive and you can design them nice and there's a good markup and stuff. But I mean, one of the most prolific publishers we have, it's almost kind of maybe every fortnight he comes out with new stuff. So oh. there's a huge amount of content as well as kind of breakout books like obviously Mother Folklore or yeah, Folkloropedia. Yeah. Um, there's been things which would be kind of slow, constant sellers that go out of print and in print and out of print and in print. And then um, anything which is on the curriculum is guaranteed to fly out the shelves. But there are breakout texts that people get really excited about too. So I, it's hard to put a number on it. Definitely in the hundreds. Definitely in the hundreds. Very recently we did an episode featuring poems from Philip Gronachelga. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And it's a cracking book. It's a good tradition for, for for love poetry in particular. Poetry is very strong in Irish and the tradition of really over-the-top, lavish love poetry is well-established. And some of it's really dark and some of it's really uh, kind of kinky. <laughs> and <laughs> there's always there's always something there. <laughs> yeah, that's what we really got into with the, the Valentine's Day special that we did. It was a real kind of like, oh, my pain and sorrow will be eternal because this person doesn't love me, which is what I think on Tinder every day. <laughs> and then you've got real like nasty stuff that then goes on as well. The real Patter was more into that and I was sitting here being like, oh God, make it stop. <laughs> I kind of like the nasty stuff myself. I, I, we're talking, I was, I'm in charge of our Twitter page, which is a very bad idea because I'm obsessed with Twitter and I have a big mouth. But uh, one of the threads <laughs> today was good. <laughs> one mm. of the threads today was about favourite love poems and one of them I picked is, in fact, two of them I picked are kind of straight up cannibalistic in their desire. And I really like that, but it's maybe not the best thing for love poems on Valentine's Day. It's a bit alarming, yeah. Can you give us an example? You have, to, you have to recite it from memory, just even the name. Yeah, Kahu, uh, the Betty Jenkinson, um, or oh. my Betty Jenkinson, it's a beautiful poem, but she's talking about as if she was the sea and she was gently kind of pulling her lover into the ocean and darning him effectively because she wants to get him closer and closer. Betty Jenkinson is actually amazing. A lot of listeners won't have heard of her because mm-hmm. she does not like her poems to be translated, but it's absolutely epic scale poetry and just imagery that you won't find in lots of other places and it's well worth a deep dip and some absolutely. of her work is outstanding. She routinely shocks and surprises and she makes you laugh as well. She's got great integrity, great intelligence, but also a brilliant sense of humour. And her work scans everything from short stories about Deneen, who I can see on the table there, to, you mm-hmm. know, really sincere love poetry. And it's just, she's like probably the one of the best living writers in Ireland today, but she's not a household name and she never will be. And she's fine with that. Mm-hmm. And are you reading anything good at the moment that's out that might be accessible or a bit of interest to our listeners? I was I had an answer until you said accessible. Okay. <laughs> um, there's a really major publication um, of the Tan in Irish, but it's pretty challenging language wise. 
Um, let me think. Oh, is this Darach Uskalizel? Yeah, it's such a monumental thing that. The other Darach. Well, there's something interesting now that there's mm. four modern Irish versions of the town available um, as graphic novel, as a retelling by Betty Jenkinson, mm. which is like a very corrective, explicitly corrective retelling of the town written from the perspective of women. Um, there's Ona Lynch's version from the 60s, which Cloana, the shop actually published. And then there's Darek's, which came out last year. So there's kind of a revival and interest in these old stories, but how they're told in modern Irish, but with and with a kind of modern-ish sensibility. It's a really interesting work. Biddy's Jenkinson has a version of the town. And what is, is it called? Just It's, it's just... called Tanri. So literally like stampede because she's basically riding roughshod over the tradition. And um, it starts with four generations of women all called May or Maeve uh, in a little living room, a little parlour in Rathmines, giving out about how the original tan is so incorrect and so... Uh, what's the word? Phallocentric and uh, and how they have to go and find the original version, which presents Maeve in a much more favourable light. So it's a really bizarre connection. It's not exactly accessible, but it's 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 hard or weirdest. And whenever she's weird, she's really, really good. So the way you pr- I pronounce Tawn and the way you pronounce Tan are different. They are. I wonder why that is. That's because in Ulster Irish, we pretty much just ignore the A-fall. <laughs> a lot of the representation of Irish speakers we've had on the show so far have been from parts of Dublin, greater parts maybe um, from Kerry, obviously, famously from Leash. Why do you keep pointing me out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that from our regular contributors, it's it's rare enough we've had a representation of wonderful Ulster Irish. It's something my wife, who is from Antrim, is constantly criticising me for. Good for her. And for those people who aren't as familiar with Ulster Irish as the other kind of tea, maybe you could give us a whistle-stop tour. Sure. Um, much feared by primary school students and secondary school school students all over the South. Um, I'm trying to think what I can tell you which isn't going to freak you out. It's not that different, really. But when it's different, it's but. better. <laughs> um, so Here are all these words that are different. <laughs> there are plenty, yeah. I, I suppose the most famous ones that people find amusing slash horrifying would be things like fududa rather than fui. Mm-hmm. Um, but really the most... The, the the biggest differences would be grammatical rather than in vocabulary. So, mm. for instance, we put a shevu rather than an uru after prepositions. So you would say agin var and I would say agin nar. Mm. Or um, bhs in Irish, in Ulster Irish, would tend to be pronounced u rather than v. So it would be do rather than dove. Mm. Something which really annoys me because my Twitter name contains the word do and everyone calls me catbug dove and I get really mm. annoyed because then I make puns and they don't work. <laughs> um, and what else? Um... The emphasis in Australian tends to be towards the first syllable, regardless of whether there's a father on the, a letter elsewhere. So in most of the country, you'll hear things like Kontrurtach or um, Politiach, I suppose, but it wouldn't be the same in, in, in the north. What would be a Hoover now in Ulster Irish? Lads, I love Hoovering. Falusklantor? <laughs> so, so we say Falusklantor, yeah, uh-huh. but you'd say Fal- Honestly, it's probably more likely to be the Hoover in, in yeah. the Gaeltacht, but yeah. H-U, Father V-A-R. Oh, I like it, yeah. Yeah, it's that there. Yeah. I haven't gotten a hoovering reference in an oil, actually. Yeah, I know. What gives? Yeah, I know. When I started off, I think it was, I just kind of finished up with the Masters and my whole life kind of falling apart because mm. everything was like, everything was like revolving around my thesis. And I kind of came in and I sat down one day and I was like, oh, that's got so much hoovering done. Just been really I proud of myself. I, I like, finished my, my life back two years ago, and I still haven't got to the Hoover. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> ever since then, I've been like trying to like get a few Hoovering references mm. into the podcast as kind of um, an Easter egg. Oh, an Easter egg. Oh, yes, of course. I'm trying to think what's the what's the English for follows? Um, it's an interesting word. It's a dark word. 
for abyss. It's yeah, a, a void cleaner or a void. an emptiness cleaner. Yeah. That's that's good. That's that's not so bad. <laughs> that's a void brilliant. cleaner. Yeah, because you're yeah, because you're mm-hmm. sucking into emptiness. Yes, the void is coming to clean everything. I was cleaning the void after my, my thesis. <laughs> <laughs> it is true, though. The postgraduate research does lead to uh, panicky, procrastinating cleaning. And, and dirty, so- dirty houses, in my experience. But an extreme knowledge of a very specific topic. True, true. I can pretty mm. much tell you when Billy Jenkins and Jane deserve socks. <laughs> there's, been, um, there's been some great success recently with translations of popular books into Irish. Mm. Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, and... Oh, so many. The Little Prince. The Little Prince, the Hard Henry, Diary of a Wimpy Kid or Flying Off the Shelves. Some of the, one of the interesting ones is I remember that when The Famous Five was being translated, they went to the Uncougar Kroga. Mm-hmm. They, they kept the alliteration by, because mm-hmm. they always think famous, as in, in the con- when Enid Blyton was writing the word famous, it didn't have the exact same meaning that we have now. You didn't have celebrity culture and it actually meant more kind of acclaimed or brave than mm-hmm. actually the, the same way that when we think of infamy now, it's not connected to the opposite of celebrity, it's connected to the opposite of honourable. Mm. And that it is. It shows how the word famous has evolved. Mm. And they, when they were translating it, it's interesting that they decided to look at the root of what Enid meant when she said famous. Keeping that translation literal. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also That's with the good stuff. Donald Dana as well, they decided not to call him Henri Ufasach or something yeah. like that because it just didn't have the same ring. They wanted to galify it so that you didn't know you were reading a translation. Well, that's the thing is part part of the um, part of the fun, I suppose. It, part of the actual the reason you call Howard Henry and not something else is because there's two H's and mm. the, keeping the the keeping that. How would you do that you know, with the, with an alphabet that doesn't have H's? And yeah, sometimes though, when obviously we, it's important to translate things and give them authenticity, but in the translation of Harry Potter, they keep mm. up, because people have been asking, oh, oh, what's the, you know, Irish for a muggle and what's the Irish for Quidditch? And one of the things, they obviously knew that learners would be reading this book mm. and they thought that if you're reading a sentence and you see the word Quidditch or Slytherin there, it helps you along. So they haven't actually changed those. I was really hoping it was going to be uh, air come on here. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine trying to translate Quidditch? I don't actually know what Quidditch means, though. So. Oh, it's it's yeah. a, it's it's hurling in 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 Harry Potter sky hurling. Like a lot of the stuff that J.K. Rowling has put into Harry Potter has been kind of like Latin derivatives. Mm-hmm. So to an extent, it wouldn't be like super duper uber difficult Mm -hmm. kind of but in order to translate these and still have someone understand where you're coming Mm. from and still kind of keep the magic as Mm. such you know Mm. because I know obviously Irish and Latin are as old as each other and were as important as each other I mean you never but you still never think of let's say Irish Greek and Latin together Mm. Mm -hmm. I think people kind of subconsciously keep the Irish language apart from older languages like Latin and Greek when in fact Irish is one of the oldest living languages in the world mm-hmm. uh, which isn't exactly a a little known fact or anything but um, so to keep a kind of a translation of a lot of the magic that's within Harry Potter you wouldn't you wouldn't want to put too much of an emphasis on like some mad off the wall Irish translation because mm-hmm. unlike that why would you bother? Well this is the thing I think what's particularly interesting is that there's rival translations of the films on TG Car and which have been translated to Irish and the books oh and they've the been book, yeah I remember they've been translated dubbed, differently yeah. oh I didn't know that yes we're going to do a deep dive episode someday soon cool 
Ooh. So the the Harry Potters, because uh, only one of the books has been translated. So is it that in the preceding scripts that they had, to, or was it Harry Potter? You meant, I think. Or? Oh yeah, it would be yeah. basically that they know they've translated a number of the films on if that have been made and for T.G. Carson. Mm. Some of the first ones, I'm not sure if they've gone into the the kind of the the later ones yet. We'll have to look into that and cut it out if I'm wrong. It'd be hilarious <laughs> but, if they if they suddenly started well, turning actually, in Ulster Irish. <laughs> no, no. But if they turn, if suddenly all of a sudden Harry ended up like you know with Ulster Irish, that would be great. That would be magnificent. <laughs> I would like that. But the also more famously recently is Game of Thrones has been translated into Irish. You know that yes. show you don't watch. I know that show I don't watch. But someone did Snapchat me. They got their boyfriend the book for Christmas and didn't they translate is Jon Snow didn't yeah. they translate mm-hmm. it to like Sean Schnachter or something yeah, yeah. I think that's hilarious Sean mm-hmm. Schnachter yeah but I think with Direwolf there's so many wonderful phrases for wolves but I think they just did they go they didn't just go with Direwolf did they honestly I haven't read it and I, we'll I feel back. terrible because <laughs> uh, the boy who translated it was a student of mine <gasps> oops um, but he was a great student and his essays were great it's just I've never seen the program and I'm not that into blood and guts so I thought I would probably not want a book full of it don't worry, I haven't read the books either, nor do I watch it. Good, okay. I feel supported. Is there anything that's coming out recently that is of interest? I mean, tell us, so there's going to be some book launches in in Chapel Irish. Oh yeah, there's plenty plenty happening. We Since I started uh, managing the shop about six or seven months ago, we've had, I think, upwards of 30 events. Um, mostly because you need to get people to come into a shop, which is so mm-hmm. niche. And it's not easy for any bookshop to stay alive at the moment. So the more bums on seats, the more sales we get and the more the happier we are the more likely that we'll survive so we've had everything from like album launches and little mini gigs to poetry readings fantastic and obviously not everyone can get to Harker Street physically because they're in different parts of the country or they might be too hungover from coppers the night before if only there was some form of electronic information sharing mm. system that people could access on their phones maybe to get use of a shop error yeah it's like it, if you could just write in random letters like c-n-a-g-s-i-o-p-a dot com and find a whole wealth of Irish language books and materials available to purchase just as simple as that, huh? Yeah, free in the comfort of your own home. Using the old Iderlene. In your jammies. Fantastic. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that people might like to be of interest in? Yeah, one thing is that sometimes people phone up or they come in and they very hesitantly say, and Fidger Berla. <laughs> and I just want to make it clear that anyone is welcome. If you're a learner, you get advice and information. It doesn't bother us if you want to speak English with us, but you're welcome to come and try your couple of focal as well. So really, anyone is welcome to come in and um, and have a chat. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. I'll be sure to pop into the shop now next time I'm not in Coppers. Yay! <laughs> if I'm not, what are your opening hours, just in case I do happen to be in Coppers? Half nine to half five. AM or PM? <laughs> half nine AM to half five PM. But apparently Coppers do a nice lunch, so you could always do that. And then I must point out that we have a club downstairs. So before Coppers gets kicking, you can get your books, go down to the club, have a pint there, and then head up to Coppers there. You can have a pint in the shop hour. Downstairs, in the club. No way. Yeah, club on Connor, huh? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's... There we go. That's my plan for the next night out. Dublin's Absolutely. only Shabin. No, we have licenses. <laughs> we definitely have licenses. So, until the next time, it's a slant from me. It's a slant from me. Slant. We'll catch you in coppers. See you in coppers. And right afterwards in the shop lair. <laughs> so you can follow me on Twitter at the Irish 4 You can follow me on Twitter at catbugdo. D-U-P-H. And you can follow me on Twitter at Thuckfork Emer. That's T-O-C-H-M-A-R-C-E-I-M-E-A-R. See you there. See you and there. maybe in Coppers. And the club. And there too. And the shopper. You'll see us all over the place. Everywhere. Yeah. We're we're a 
broad reaching bunch everywhere <laughs> we're behind you <laughs> see you next time Hi guys, it's Emer here from today's episode. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, Mother Folklore comes out every Friday on the Headstuff Podcast Network. And if you can't wait that long, why not listen to some other podcasts that maybe we have released? Uh, we did a lovely Valentine's Day special, lots of writey poetry. We even went through some of the feedback that we get from you guys on the mailbag episode. Or you can catch some other Headstuff podcasts like With Relish or In the Shower with Taz and Marcus. Um, thanks to Brian for producing this podcast and Kirsten Shield as always for the artwork Um, please rate, review and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from we're available pretty much everywhere and you can contact the show um, if you want to appear in our next mailbag episode we are at uh, motherfucklore at headstuff.org or at motherfucklore on Twitter see you there this has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network Yeah, yeah, I'm getting Thai food. Yeah, did you say there's a place around the corner? There's Camille right is right across the road. Oh, of course, Camille. Yeah. yeah.